Hello, am I on? We didn't test it before, so anyway, yeah. Hello. Um, thank you so much, Dawn, for leading worship. But yeah, some really great songs there um, to do. So we're looking at Acts chapter 3, verse, starting at verse 11, and then going through to 4, verse 37. But I'm going to stop at 31, because it's quite a long passage um, anyway. So we're going to focus on Peter especially and his boldness, but also the boldness of the early church as well. Um, but before I read today's passage, I thought we should do a bit of a recap of Acts, because obviously we haven't been in Acts at all recently, so kind of need to catch us up on where we are. Um, but basically, the, gospel, um, the Acts of the Apostles, um, the book, um, kind of picks up where Luke, the Gospel of Luke, sort of left off. It's the same author, um, so there's often the same themes running throughout as well. So we have Jesus has returned to heaven, leaving his disciples to probably think a bit, what's next? What does God want us to do? Like, what should we do with what Jesus has taught us and what the kind of kingdom that he was bringing on earth? Like, what, have we, what are we to do with what he's left us? But luckily, he tells his disciples to wait because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. Then we have the Holy Spirit being poured out at Pentecost, and we have Peter's first big speech to the gathering crowd. Many Jews from all the nations under heaven, which would have been a lot of people. And we also had, a, last week, we looked at the early church and their community and what that was like, and had a bit of an insight into that. So with that in mind, I'm going to pick up in our passage today. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? As if our, it was by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses to this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. So I think I might stop there because I feel like we may be missing, missing a section that happened before this. So what's basically happened is... Um, Peter and John have made their way to the temple to pray like they normally would and they come across a lame man who's begging, who's been begging there probably for years and it would have been very usual for people just to give him some money and then walk on by but not Peter and not John 
in the classic Peter, Peterness that all of it he is, he goes up to this man. He says, I don't have any money to give you, but in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. I mean, that's, for me, I, like, I don't think I would ever go up to someone and, who's, just, who's maybe disabled and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. But Peter does that, and this happens. The guy gets up, and as he gets up, his legs are strengthened, and he can walk. So this is what's kind of happened before our passage today. But going on from verse 17, Peter says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who, has, who had been anointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long, long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who, who have spoken have foretold these days. The priests and the captain of the temple guards and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to 5,000. The next day, the rulers and elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and also was okay, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled by the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we were being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed." Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name, other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healing standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. 
Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they performed a notable sign. We cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speak about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy spirit, your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider your, their threats and enable your servants to speak, to your word with great, speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place they, where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Told you it would be a long one. So, as I said earlier, we see before this speech and before this kind of um, incident happens, we see Jesus commanding a lame man to walk, and he does. And this is not the first time that we see Peter's boldness in the story of Acts, nor will it be the last. We first see Peter's boldness in the wake of Pentecost as he preaches to many Jews from every nation. And as I said, maybe this is just good old Peter being classic Peter, but something was different and something had changed, not just for Peter, but for many others as well. So the Peter who we meet in the Gospels is quite a character and a half. Um, he was originally named Simon, and, P and Jesus changed his name to Peter. Um, but he was probably one of the most vocal um, of the 12 disciples um, and came across as quite brash and impulsive at times. Um, I've always found him kind of endearing and probably quite relatable, he, all, he really tries his best, doesn't he? And I didn't really see any other disciples decide to get out of the boat and walk on water, so kudos to him. And throughout the Gospels, we see a guy who comes across very human, doing and saying things often with the best intention, but often just missing the mark. The Gospels certainly don't sugarcoat the disciples in any way. 
And I think even his real success moment, his confession of Jesus as a Messiah, is, is slightly soured by his failure to see what Jesus as a Messiah was here to do. I think I would have been very happy with myself if I declared him as the Messiah, quite soured by when Jesus turned around to me and said, get behind me, Satan. I don't think I would be very sure of myself after that. I would say Jesus, sorry, Peter is probably the person that encapsulates the most what Jesus said when he said the, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. I think we could probably all relate to that, can't we? I know there's definitely been points in my life where there's been stuff that my spirit has been very willing to do, but my flesh has been very weak. But the amazing thing was, for him and for many of the other disciples, was that God still used them, even with all their screw-ups. Jesus was the one to first confess Jesus as Messiah. And in response, Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter's very confession of Jesus as a Messiah is what God will build his church on. And then the Peter we see in our passage today is quite a contrast. He comes across as a very transformed man. Gone is the brash, impulsive discipleship, disciple of Jesus, but here is a bold preacher of the gospel. And as I said earlier, we have a snapshot of Peter's boldness in front of the crowd after Pentecost. And here we see his boldness in proclaiming the gospel to many people after healing, but also to his opponents. He will not be silenced by what he has seen and heard. And throughout Acts, we see Peter becoming this leading figure in the early church. And though we don't see it in Acts, he's eventually martyred for his faith. This is the same guy who denied Jesus three times, even though he said, I would die before I disowned you. After the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he did stand by those words. So what can we learn from this boldness that we see in Acts? So I think first and most importantly, the boldness that we see displayed in Acts was not a product of confidence in their own abilities or piety, but confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage slash boldness of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Their time with Jesus was so evident that even though they weren't versed in many, probably kind of many of the Greek, um, weren't versed in public speaking, there was still people, the kind of ruling, Jewish ruling group, who recognized that they'd been with Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost changed everything for the early church. 
and it changed them in ways that others noticed. We see a new boldness in Peter after the day of Pentecost, and I'm sure Peter, more than anyone, knew that it wasn't by his own piety or ability that God used him boldly. Three, uh, two out of three of Peter's speeches that we see in the early chapter of Acts occurs after he's filled by the Holy Spirit. Obviously during the day of Pentecost, but then there's also um, a place where it does say, before he tilts the Sanhedrin, he is filled by the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't use his healing of the lame man to gain honor from those around him, like he may have done in the past. And even when faced with people saying, don't talk about what you've seen and heard, just be quiet, we don't want any trouble, Peter and John reply, we cannot help but speak of what we've seen and heard. And in the same way, we can be confident, not in our own piety or ability, but in the power of the Holy Spirit working through us when we're bold in our faith. We don't need a theology degree or much Bible knowledge at all to share what God's been doing in our lives. And Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit would give them the words to say. He says, whenever you're arrested, hopefully that won't happen to us, and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we also see that the boldness in Acts was often related to speaking and preaching the word of God. Far from being discouraged by the imprisonment of Peter and John or the, fret, uh, or the threats of the Sanhedrin, the early believers speak the word of God with great boldness and the gospel spreads even further. They would not keep silent of what they'd experienced and they wanted others to have that too. And far from being intimidated by large crowds, Peter used that opportunity to share the gospel. And later we see Paul also speaking boldly about the gospel after his revelation of Jesus on the Damascus Road. Boldly speaking the word of God is a recurring act in, uh, theme in Acts. The last verse in Acts reads, he, referring to Paul, proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So I think that just sums it up, doesn't it? And thirdly, the early church prayed for boldness to share the word of God. They said, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The early believers were not surprised by the opposition they faced, but they also saw God working and prayed for greater boldness. When did you last pray for boldness to share the gospel with someone? I know for me it's, it's been a while. But actually we believe that 
we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, he'll give us the words to say, then shouldn't we just speak out what we've experienced, what we've seen, what we've heard, and trust the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of those who are listening to us, those who are here. And would we just offer up what we have to God and let him use it for his glory? And I'm praying for all of us that we've been inspired by Peter and his boldness and also the boldness of the believers because that same spirit that was in them and moved through their church and moved through the work that they did what lives in us. And there are people out there who are actually really open to hearing what we have to say, maybe even more so in recent years than there have been previously. Um, so... Yeah, so there will be, um, we're going to go into some groups at the moment to chat through that, and there's also some questions on the table. Um, but yeah, I also want to really encourage you to read that passage, because I've only literally touched on a few things that I found while I was looking at it, but it's such a gold mine of amazing things that God was doing through the early church and through Peter, and also can f- do through us as well.